It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. All right, now it is time for the world-famous traveler that has packed his suitcase and landed here at the airport at Murtaugh. And it's Dr. Ken Turner, better known as Dr. History, brought to you by Minicasha Sales, 1321 East Main in Burley. Zach and Joanne, the whole staff serving you at Minicasha Sales. And we're going to tell you more about them a little later, but good morning, Dr. History. Good morning. I braved a blizzard to get out here today. It, I can't even see my back fence right now. It's snowing so hard here. Are you going to have a coughing fit? Is that why you're waiting? That's why I'm reaching for the water. No, you always pack your water. Okay. Well, now, um, what do we got that we're going to talk about today? Well, we've talked about some good men and some bad men, but we're going to talk about a bad, bad guy. No, wait a minute. Good men and bad men, but this guy, the emphasis on really bad. Really bad. Who's this? John Wesley Harden. You know, he was a guy that, uh, I've, I've got a couple of books over here on the stand about John Wesley Harden. There were times in his life that he did actually some good. Yes. But there were most of the times... He, he was bad. <laughs> he was bad. All right, take it away. All right, John Wesley Harden may have been the West's greatest gun fighter, although this statement is kind of a matter of opinion and judgment and interpretation. Certainly, he was the most dangerous man ever to walk the wide and dusty streets of El Paso, and, of course, that place has known people like Pat Garrett and Wyatt Earp. Oh, yeah. Now, his father, the Reverend J.G. Harden, named John Wesley Harden in honor of the founder of Methodism. That's right. But Wes was born in 1853 in Texas. He quit the school uh, at the age of 15, which was typical at that time. And he got his start as a gunfighter by shooting Reconstruction soldiers and ex-slaves. Now, in those days, things like that were not really considered a crime. Oh, really? They just were, I guess, figured that that was okay. So that's partly why he remained free for as long as he did. Mm -hmm. Now, according to Hardin's own statement, the killing started in November in 1868 when an ex-slave refused to move off of a public road so that Hardin could take all of the road. John Wesley pumped a few slugs into him, and that settled the issue. That was his first, uh, I guess, killing. You know, so. the early days of this country, uh, there were some, uh, you know, you talk about the bad that's in our society today. There was a lot of bad back then, oh, too. There was. Well, they didn't agree with him shooting that person, so the, the soldiers, uh, they picked up Hardin's trail, and unfortunately for them, Hardin saw three bluecoats coming. He ambushed them at a creek crossing. He killed two with a shotgun and a third with a revolver. Oh, my goodness. Now, at that point, as you mentioned, sympathetic civilians actually hid the bodies while John and Wesley Hardin fled the vicinity. Mm-hmm. So for the next five years, Hardin's career career is simply one killing after another. Now, all in self-defense, he said. He killed a bully named Bradley and followed it by killing a circus worker who tried to, quote, push him around. Hmm. He was the elephant man. <laughs> he could have been. Well, now we get to Texas. The 18-year-old boy fell 
<clears throat> Excuse me. Were these fair fights, or would these just walk up and get rid of somebody? You know, that's left to speculation. But I guarantee you that he probably had the upper hand. Really? I'm just going to guess that's why he lasted mm. as long as he did yeah so now at 18 he actually fell for the charms of a young lady who lured him into a barn where his her boyfriend waited with a gun Uh oh now the man poked a shotgun at harden and demanded his money john wesley took it from his pocket and accidentally dropped some on the floor. Mm-hmm. Well, when the greedy holdup man reached to scoop it up, Harden pulled a pistol and shot him. And after retrieving his cash, he left town in the usual manner, in a hurry and on the run. I see. Well, Harden made it to Marshall, Texas, where the law caught up with him for the first time. West killed one of the guards and escaped. Since he was now near his pa- parents, he paused for a few days, and uh, his and his father advised him to head to Mexico. Did they know how bad a guy he was? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm thinking by this time, surely his reputation would have caught up with oh, him. Oh, man. I, I'm just guessing. H- hard to have him over for Thanksgiving. <laughs> it would be. It would be. But anyway, Harden had journeyed only a short distance from home when three state policemen took him into custody. As they camped that night, the guard carelessly dozed off. Not, not a good thing. No. Harden got hold of his shotgun, and the sleepy officer never woke up. Oh, boy. Now, the Clements family... They were relatives of the Hardin family. They took him in in Texas, and again, they discouraged him from heading for Mexico. Instead, they encouraged his participation in a Kansas cattle drive. And it would get him out of the state and provide a little time to allow his troubles to kind of die down. Well, as they drove the cattle across Indian territory, Hardin killed two Indians who tried to tax the herd 10 cents a head. Mm-hmm. And, and they did that. You know, the Indians yeah, would they did. Uh, kind of a toll. Yeah. Well, he obviously didn't agree with that. Now, a few miles further out of Bend in Arkansas River, uh, much more serious trouble came up. A following trail herd came on too fast, which meant that the cattle mixed with one another, and the cowboys had a tough time sorting them out and separating them. Well, Hardin and the oncoming trail boss argued, and each side agreed to meet on the prairie and shoot it out. Uh-oh. Well, Hardin and his cousin, Jim Clements, met the other party, which consisted of six. And with a wild yell, the two factions charged each other on horseback. When the shooting stopped a few minutes later, the six challengers lay dead. Witnesses said Hardin killed five and Clements killed one. Holy smokes. Is all this verified? Well, as good as history can be verified. Oh, my goodness. You know? Well, from that moment on, Hardin would have a nickname friends and enemies called him Little Arkansas, which was a reference to the river where this battle took place. Yeah. Now, there's a story that in Abilene, Texas, or Kansas, Hardin next tangled with Wild Bill Hickok. Uh-oh. Now, a new now, marshal... Wild Bill was tough. He was. And he was a new marshal, just now reaching the height of his powers. Now, the law forbade wearing guns in town. And yep. since Hardin carried his gun in plain sight, Hickok approached John Wesley in a saloon and asked for his weapon. Well, Hardin extended the butt forward, then executed the so-called road agent spin. Oh, yes, I've seen that. They just twirl it backwards, yeah. and there where, it is. Where the, river, the revolver twirls on the finger and slips back into the hand, ready to fire. Yeah, look out. Well, most historians now tend to kind of think that may not be a true story. Uh, I mean, a wise old pro like Hickok would probably not have been tricked by a stunt mm-hmm. like that. So mm-hmm. that's probably not a true story. So what happened? Don't know. 
You don't know what happened to I, Wild Bill? I don't know. I, uh, uh, well, basically, according to the story, according to history, he didn't linger around Abilene. I see. So oh I think goodness. he realized the Wild Bill was not one to mess with. Yeah. Well, then he killed a man in a card game. He shot a prowler. Uh, he caught rustling through his clothes one night. And again, he figured he'd better push. He'd pushed his luck too far. Uh, so now he headed to Kansas or out of Kansas, and back in Texas, uh, between shooting encounters, <clears throat> he married a gal by the name of Jane. He had time to court some female? He did. Holy and over smart. the years, they had three children, two daughters and a son. And Wes told himself he planned to settle down and become a horse trader. Okay, that's a good spot to end that the is. first part of Jane, uh, John Wesley Harden. Okay. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, more with Dr. History in just a moment. Don't forget Minicash's sales. I'm telling you, every day on my program I talk to you about these folks. I am really impressed with everything they have to serve you. Need new windows? They've got them. Need a new garage door? They've got them. Need carpet? And uh, they can help you with that. They've got all your vinyl and metal siding and for those of us in the livestock business they are a distributor for tartar ranch and farm equipment and dr history and i both know that is the top of the line absolutely you give a great big call to zach or joanne at 878-2091 that number again 878-2091 and their location right across the road from the burley airport can't miss it minicash sales 1321 east main in burley they're waiting right now right now to help you you stop in or give them a call today and now here's more about john wesley harden with dr history all right like i said he'd married had three kids so back in texas between shooting encounters like say he married jane bowen yeah okay well his peacefulness did not last long in the summer of 1872 he and a fellow gambler named phil sublet argued Sublet reacted first. He emptied a shotgun into Harden. Oh, really? Yeah. Now, the Clements, that's part of, the, that part of his family, just managed to get John Wesley out of town before the police arrived. However, the law did not easily give up. Uh, the lawmen tracked the bleeding Harden from one hideout to another and finally pinned him down in a shed. Well, as the siege wore on, Hardens agreed to surrender to the sheriff, his name was Regan, of Cherokee County. Well, Regan and his deputies entered the building rather nervously, none being sure but what Harden might change his mind and start shooting again. So there were, they were relieved when Harden tossed his gun aside, and uh, one deputy accidentally discharged his own gun and wounded the already shot up Harden. Oh, Barney Fife, I didn't know he was back yeah, in those the, days. The bull, bullet struck struck Harden in the knee. Oh. And he was already wounded. They already had the deal done. <laughs> they did. Well, the posse took him to jail, and after Harden had healed well enough to talk, a friend slipped him a saw, and he cut his way out. Harden fled to Texas. Now, altogether, Harden had now slain, killed about 30 men, plus oh. or minus a body here and there. Oh, my goodness. And... On his 21st birthday, he notched another victim. Ironically, it may have been the only time in his bloody career that he actually reacted in self-defense. And for that, he actually went to prison. Uh-huh. See, you see, the state put a $4,000 reward. Now, back then, 4000 That was a lot of money. That was a lot of money. A lot of money. On Harden's uh, dark, curly head, and that sort of cash drew the attention of the Texas Rangers. There you go. Now, in particular, a guy by the name of Lieutenant Armstrong. Now, Harden hid out in Florida, Georgia, and Alabama, and he actually went under the alias of J.H. Swain. Now, this Texas Ranger Armstrong learned 
of Hardin's whereabouts and trapped him on board a train in Pensacola, Florida. Way over there? Clear over in Florida. Wow. So a young companion of Hardin's... He was down to Disney World. He was going to Disney World. So a young companion of Hardin's drew a gun, and the ranger instantly killed him. In the meantime, Hardin jumped into the aisle. He jerked his own pistol, but couldn't get it free because the hammer caught on his suspenders. See, that's why I don't wear those. That, me too. I yeah. would never be caught in yeah, suspender. Boy, I'm telling you. So it says Harden practically pulled his pants over his head trying to get his gun loose. Wait a minute. Pulled his pants over his head? <laughs> well, he was trying to get his gun loose. Holy smokes. <laughs> well, Armstrong cracked Harden over the head with a cane and then followed it with a gun barrel. Yeah. So when John Wesley woke up two hours later, he was in handcuffs. Aha. Uh-huh. Well, the jury found uh, Hardin guilty of second-degree murder. They sentenced him to 25 years in the state penitentiary in Huntsville. Before long, Hardin underwent a remarkable change of character. And this is what you mentioned when yeah. we started. Yep. The Bible especially interested him. He became superintendent of the Sunday school class and head of the debating team. For a while, he planned to become a minister, then changed his mind in favor of the law. And he actually wrote long and affectionate letters to his wife and his children. Yep. Uh, every letter begged his children to follow in the path of righteousness, to trust in God. And if you wish to be successful in life, he wrote, be temperate and control your passions. If you don't, ruin and death is the inevitable result. So mm-hmm. he, he was kind of a changed man. Did he believe that he was forgiven for all this? I mean, did he ever really sit down as a Christian and realize that, hey, I better clean up my life? Or was this just all for show? You know, I I don't know that for fact, but I think maybe he did realize the error of his ways. Really? I, I kind of think he did. Yeah. Anyway, he planned upon being released to take his family to a small town where he could practice law, uh, but his dreams kind of came apart when his wife died. So anyway, after 15 years in prison, the state released him in February of 1894. Okay. And a month later, the governor granted him a full pardon. He walked out of prison a free man. He moved to Gonzales, where he actually passed his legal exam. Yeah, I heard that. He was a lawyer. Yeah, full-fledged. Became, yeah. became a lawyer. Yeah. Well, in 1895, he married a young gal, very young, uh, called Callie Lewis. And I hate to say it, but he actually won her in a poker game. Oh, he really had cleaned up his act, had yeah, 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 that's, that's a little questionable. Doggone lawyers! I know it. Well, <laughs> the father, who lost the daughter in the card game... The father? The father forced the daughter to go through with the ceremony. Oh, boy. But naturally, such an arrangement did not work out. Harden you was think? drunk at the time. Oh, boy. Realized that this was probably not a good situation, so he left for El Paso. Now, here, he hung out his shingle, which said, John W. Harden, attorney at law. Uh-huh. Unfortunately, he spent most of his time in the bars. He started drinking quite a bit, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. towards the end, he he was quite a lush. Yeah. But so now we're in New Mexico, and there's a guy named Martin Morose. Yep. He was fleeing the authorities across the Rio Grande. One morning, his wife, Helen, appeared in the office of John Wesley and asked if he would represent her husband. Well, Wes accepted the case, and as Hardin became more familiar with his female client, his interest in seeing the husband free kind of grew a little faint. So in other words, what you're trying to say is you're not. I'm trying to say nothing. (laughs) 
Beulah or Helen spend most of her time in the arms of her attorney. I see. Not good. Uh-huh. So anyway, uh, Morose finally got out and uh, threatened to kill Harden. And the old Harden would have looked at Morose and killed him. But the new Harden decided he wasn't going to kill him. He was going to hire some friends to kill him. Oh, that makes it so much easier. Yeah. So using Beulah as bait, he... Beulah the bait. Beulah the bait. He talked Morose into a midnight rendezvous on the banks of the El Paso River. And he was ambushed by these guys. They started firing with shotguns and rifles. And they shot Morose. And he received a half a dozen wounds. And he died. Can you imagine that? Yeah, only half a dozen. Half a dozen. Yeah. So John Wesley Harden, uh, at this point, he doubled his liquor intake, and I think uh, uh, he did feel bad about having this guy killed. Well, wait a minute. What happened to Beulah? Well, uh, I think we're going to get to that. Oh, okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But at this point, he doubled his liquor intake and spent more time at the gambling tables, and pretty soon he owed more money in every saloon than than he had money. Oh. Oh, boy. Good old Helen Beulah. Uh, that uh, relationship kind of took a sour tone uh, because both of them drank. They brawled repeatedly. He once threatened to kill her. Oh, boy. And anyway. A little marital spat. Yeah. So towards the end here, there was a point where Harden walked into the Acme Saloon one I evening. I remember this story. She started gambling. An old gunfighter by the name of John Selman, yep. and you may have heard of him. I did. Came storming through the bat wing doors with a blazing forty-five. He shot Harden once in the head, once in the chest, and once in the arm. He never had a chance. Yep. Harden lay sprawled on the wooden floor with bullet holes, and the undertakers removed the body, cleaned it up, made it ready for the ph- photographer. A newspaper remarked that except for being dead, he looked to be in fine shape. Yeah. Now, I'm going to show you a picture here, Zeb. Okay, now hold it up so everybody at home can see it through the microphone. Okay. Harden was a, there was a look in his eye like, uh, don't mess with me. Yeah. Yeah. But as you notice, the other uh, picture with him being dead. Well, you got the fold. Oh. I can't see that. So if you can, uh, well, there's not a look in his eye. No. <laughs> his eyes are closed, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, they permanently. Yeah. He does have a nice mustache. Yeah. And, and he does look kind of good, really. Mm. I think they combed his hair. Well, you know, you, uh, the moral of the story is never go into a building with the name Acme. <laughs> no, no. And do not turn your back on a guy named John Selman. No. A gunfighter. No. And don't mess with Beulah. Well, you know, what goes around comes around. It does. And, yeah. you know, I, like say, he, he tr- like, it's like he tried to turn his life around. Yeah. But I, you know, you wonder if that was an act trying to get out for good behavior. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, John Wesley Harden was one of the, uh, at a very young age, feared yeah. people like Billy the Kid. Yeah. One of the very most feared people in the West. And like say, and he was more psychotic. I'll say this. I think he was more of a psychotic killer than Billy the Kid. Billy the Kid was a, a good kid forced into doing wrong. Right. And and John Wesley, I think he, was he killed. Nuts. He was just crazy. Yeah. He just killed for the, I hate to say, for the fun of killing. Yeah. There was only one instance where it may have been in self-defense. Yeah. The rest of them were... 
just not you were in the wrong place at the wrong time but you know you look at like billy the kid and john wesley harden and all those names of the old west uh billy the kid you know because of the range wars going on in the lincoln uh new mexico area and his uh, allegiance to his uh, boss of the ranch and everything he was kind of forced into a protection type right deal. I, I have a, a little more affinity towards billy the kid yeah uh, i do too you know than john wesley i still think he's he didn't die until like what 19 51 yeah something like that yeah that, i don't think pat garrett got him that's one of those stories that of course i don't believe we landed on the moon either <laughs> okay and butch cassidy and the sundance kid yeah he made it through he made it through all that yeah sure, he, he came was, back he was fine yeah what do you got next week I haven't got a There clue. was too much of a pause there, my friend. <laughs> hey, tell everybody how many countries were listened to in the world status that we haven't severed relationships with. We're actually up to about 90 countries. 90 countries? And we're up to right up close to 200,000 hits. Oh, my goodness. Now, tell us, what, what's the most um, interesting country that you've looked on on the list? Brazil has Brazil. a lot of listeners. A lot of cowboys but, down in Brazil. Yeah, but China is by far the most. And you're going to China. April 1st. Now, can you speak any of the language? I've got some CDs I'm listening to. In your sleep at night? And and I don't know any more than when I started listening to them. Really? Can you say hello? Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> you're really not in very good shape. What are you going to say about your luggage when it's lost when you get off the plane? I, I'm going to learn three words. I am lost. <laughs> well, so is your luggage. <laughs> yeah. So, and and please help. <laughs> <laughs> please help. How do you say help in Chinese? I don't know that you either. Figured that. You've really wasted a lot of time I not have. sleeping at night. I have. Okay. I've got to work on that. Hey, by the way, I'll let you help me on this, but we want to say a thank you to Minicasha Sales at 1321 East Maine in Burley. Zach and Joanne can help you. And don't forget, we bought a brand new back door. You've seen the door. Nice door. And they've got all your doors, and they can do the job for you at Minicasha Sales, 1321 East Main in Burley, right across from the airport. The number to call, 878-2091, Minicasha Sales, bringing you Dr. History. Tomorrow morning, they're laying carpet for us in my mother's house. Really? Yeah. Well, Lorna, congratulations, and I, I hope you sprung for the cost. Well, of course. I figured you would. <laughs> well, I want to tell you how much I appreciated that story about John Wesley Harden. Great. You know, there was another uh, historical person uh, I want to just mention real quick that there's a little bit of discrepancy on, and maybe you could do a report on him next week, and that's Davy Crockett. Yeah, you I know, don't think some I've ever people done some people don't believe that he went down as a hero at the Alamo. Maybe you could do a little bit of research. I on don't that. think I've ever done one. I on don't him think yet. you have. Nope. Okay, well, Davy Crockett, and I'll sing the theme song, and you can hum. Maybe I better sing and you better hum. What's the matter with my singing? You've never heard me sing. <laughs> and I don't really want to. Well, thank you. <laughs> Where are you going to do the program from next week? <laughs> yeah, nice to have you here. Thanks very Thanks, much. Jeff. Don't let day. the door hit you on the posterior <laughs> on the way out. Okay. Dr. Ken Turner, and I really appreciate him being on our show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.